Doctrine and Devotion is sponsored by Lagos Bible Software. You can get Lagos 8 Basic for free. All you got to do is head over to lagos.com slash doc and devo. Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. So, so, whoo. We were just, uh, we, we recorded the episode on 1689, yep. chapter 13, paragraph 13, 1. 13, paragraph 1, yep. Sanctification, we finished. And so we're just kind of hanging out here and talking, and we said, let's just stop and start recording. We'll have this conversation uh, on the mics. Yeah. Even though we don't have an outline to follow or anything, we just nope. wanted to have a conversation. And, we and actually, we haven't even had this conversation. No. Like, IRL. Uh, you know, in real life. Oh, Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. you all. Oh, I don't so know. Cute. You're, you're, you're a major texter, obviously. So cute. So you don't check your text when I'm texting you. Well, yeah. Okay. okay. First Isn't of all, it's Sunday. It's Sunday. It's the Lord's Day. I'm getting. I'm with the family. I'm getting ready for to come and worship. Yeah. And just and look at here, your phone. Just look at your phone. No, I'm you texting just, you. And why is your ringer off? Because I was going to church. Okay. So I like to turn you're, it off so that when I. What if I, there's an emergency? Uh, it's set that. Uh, my oh, favorites. Your go favorites. Through? Yeah. So my mine isn't going. Through. I'm not on your favorites. Show me your phone right now. No, I'm not showing. I want to see. Your, you're no. one of my favorites. Oh, Am I really? You, you were. I'm like, right now, I'm taking it off. Yeah. What do you think about that? So, so yeah. I mean, it goes. You know, my favorites. I mean, I mean, if Pat had sent me a message, or Brian, whatever. whatever. Or so, Jeff or Rob. So we started to talk, and uh, at Shepcon mm. 2019, the Shepherds Conference. Yeah. Uh, happens out there at sweater uh, vest extraordinaires. Yeah, lots of sweater vests. Uh, maroon, I think, would probably be the I color think, of choice. Yeah, FYI, stole that joke. That joke was stolen. I stole that from Barnabas Piper. I got to give credit. Oh, all right. Quick. He tweeted because he something. was there, right? Yeah, he yeah. was there. He tweeted. And, uh, you know, some great guys. Some, I mean, Shepherd's Conference is, is a good conference. Lots of good stuff happened in there. Um, but yeah, I, I was. Uh, I, I asked Jimmy if he had seen. The uh, the live Q and A, so where it was, I think it was uh, Phil Johnson, okay, and yep, DJ John MacArthur, J Mac, uh, on each end of the stage, right, stage mm-hmm. left, stage right, and in the middle were all of the plenary speakers. So it was Mark Dever, MD, yeah, Legan Duncan, LD, Al Moler, yep, the Al, um, we call him Big Al, call him Almo, I know, no, um, Big Al, I like that Big Al. And then uh, I think Sinclair Ferguson was, okay. might have been there. I don't remember. I, I didn't watch the video. Um, and so they were doing a Q&A and there was a whole lot of talk on social justice. And, you know, why didn't these guys in the middle, none of them wanted to sign the statement. You know, the John McCarthy. Was a conference on social justice? I don't remember. Okay. I don't, I, I don't think so. But. Of course, though, it gets brought up no matter what. Yeah, well, because the, you, there was a lot of pushback. A lot of people were mad that John MacArthur, who helped to write the statement, on social justice and the gospel mm-hmm. has all these guys on there who are his friends uh, has all these guys on there who wouldn't sign it. I mean, be- all these 
uh, scholars, uh, these biblical scholars these and biblical pastors, theologians, yeah, these that are widely uh, stalwarts of our faith, respected godly men. That, mm. Yeah, so how and, dare J Mac invite such prestigious individuals who right. I, I that he actually has a good relationship with and he's their close friends. Yeah. It's like, so like we have our differences with John MacArthur on some stuff, but uh, you know, by all accounts, I think John MacArthur is a godly guy. He's certainly yeah. a gifted teacher. And um, you know, he clearly, there are differences between he and Phil Johnson and these plenary speakers, but John MacArthur is not all about that to lit, not about to let that break up their friendship, which I think is great. Yeah. Uh, I think that is a good example um, because too many people are just losing their minds over all of this. Oh yeah. And so um, you haven't seen that. I watched it uh, live or right after it was live on Facebook. And now it's not, I couldn't find it recently. So we'll have to wait. Hopefully by the time this comes out, we'll be able to link to it in okay. the show notes or they might not put that up. Yeah. Well, they should. I mean, they will. They'll definitely put that up. Uh, but not if it's embarrassing. It's not embarrassing. Well, it, some people, it sounded embarrassing. It's it, yeah. There's it's good. I, I mean, I some people were some people didn't like it. Like especially guys that are pro social justice in the gospel statement, uh, they were not happy with what the plenary speakers had to say. Um, they were happy with what Phil Johnson was saying. But I, we, you and I were talking about that, and we started to say like, you know, this there's an idea. There's a, there's this principle of idealism and tribalism, right? Those two concepts are starting to create some some real problems in the church. Some real what we would say are unhealthy divisions in the church, and oftentimes the people that are creating the division through idealism don't believe it's their idealism that's causing the division. They think it's the truth that's causing the division. No, no, yeah. There's this this mentality that. Um and I and I want, I'm even going to be gracious in saying that I think people sincerely believe this. Well, you're they, so gracious, Jimmy. No, no, because thank you for being gracious. No, because I think some people on the other side yeah. would have think that their intentions or motives right. are are wrong. And I I actually think that their intentions and motives are are I think I think they're correct. I think that they are they sincerely uh, believe that what we're standing for right now is. The gospel. We are standing for what the gospel is and the implications of the gospel. Right. And that, uh, uh, anything, anything that creeps in is, I, I, we must defend. Right. So I want to give the benefit of the doubt that to people that, on both sides here. Exactly. Yeah. That the motives behind it is, is good. And, but, you know, motives, uh, don't establish truthfulness, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Or accuracy. And so we can be, we can have good motives and, uh, or at least mixed motives, right? Some good, some bad, uh, and and be wrong in our approach, if not wrong in our content. So, you know, in full disclosure, right? As, as full disclosure as, as I can give, I'll speak for myself, not for Jimmy. Mm -hmm. um, the social justice movement, by and large, is plagued with a lot of inherent problems. I think that uh, intersectionality is is a bad idea. It's a bad philosophy. Um, I think there's a there's a lot of dangers that people too easily accept without critically thinking through the whole and listen to people on both sides to gain a, a better perspective. So a lot of the complaints, not all, but a lot of the complaints that people who would sign the social justice statement, I would agree with, uh, with many of the concerns that they have, um, if not all of them, at least many of them. And so I'm not picking one side or the other here in terms of what I think the problem is, the problem that we wanted to address is when idealism, like when your ideology, is, for example, of how we're supposed to handle 
the this uh the the, the, the political uh tsunami that that's mm-hmm. coming regarding these issues how we're supposed to handle that like there's like well ideologically you have to handle it this way say for example signing this statement right if if that becomes such uh, an axiom like where you, like if you you can't understand why somebody wouldn't sign it, and if they're not going to sign it then they're obviously a problem they're letting their ideology uh, drive the whole show yeah, more than the truth yeah it's becoming this conversation of either for us or against us right and uh phil phil holmes had a tweet and I thought it was, it had a, a thread. Uh, and I think it was, I, I retweeted it. I thought it was great. Uh, he talked about, uh, one of his thoughts was the biggest misconception many have is there are only two sides in the social justice conversation. Right. right. And I think that's the place that we're at. We're at this place of, uh, you, you pick a side and that's, that's what you need to fight for. And it's weird because we see this happening again and again throughout history. I mean, look, it's like people will choose a political party because it's it's closer to their ideology, right? But then they it's like they dive in on it. And like now that party or that ideology, that movement, that issue, uh, as expressed in a, among a particular group, becomes the truth. It, like it becomes like the thing. And, it becomes the focus right, of, and it, of what they're about. And, and listen, I'll just – I'll say it. I'll say it. Uh, I'm not going to, you know, one of the things that has been discouraging for me is, is watching, uh, at least from my my perspective, uh, founders changing their focus, uh, to one of, we must uh, like attack or defend against the social justice movement rather than what they were known for before. Yeah. And I, and I think what they would say is, well, no, we're, 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 emphasizing the same things it's just being applied to a particular issue that needs to be addressed right so i know a lot of the people cultural uh, the, the cultural conversation of our time yeah that uh, and that it, this is impacting the church in a negative way so i don't I, I think i'm comfortable saying that uh there are there is too much coming out of founders on this issue <laughs> and it's like i've but you know they would. It's their thing, right? They they can do what they wrong. It's not right or wrong, as much as it is. It's not a decision that I would make. Mm-hmm. You know, especially with the organization like that that I'm that I'm running. I would have started another organization uh, yeah. to address that issue, perhaps, or another ministry. But yeah, there's a lot of people that are so focused on both sides, right? This happens on both sides, where people like it becomes. It's like another tribe that they've joined. It's like another team, and so now it's like this is. This is going to be the the hot thing. And I'm not saying it's unimportant. I'm not saying we shouldn't address it. I mean, I talk about it every week. We talk about it every week with various people. These issues, every week we talk about these issues. And if they're important, they're necessary. But uh, the tone and the oversimplification and the heat of the conversation, if it's even a conversation, the heat of the rhetoric, Mm -hmm. uh, by and large, I find it to be ineffective at helping people think through the process. It generally means you're, you're preaching to your people and encouraging them to hold fast to their view rather than helping people to understand and move from one position to another. It feels like uh, now st- you're either watching Fox News or MSNBC. That's, that's kind of what it feels like. Right? Yeah. It feels like you're watching your channel because it holds your perspective and ideology and you're just going to become more entrenched within yeah and you know there are you know there are some organizations that you know they're staying laser focused on what they're all about uh which is great whether that's you know rts or um 
say Ligonier, yeah, right? Like they're like, no, we're we're not deviating. We're doing what we do. It doesn't mean that those people yeah, don't have nine anything marks to as say. Well. I want to throw yeah, that right, out absolutely. There, yeah. Like they they stay pretty laser focused on their. And this is what I've always loved. Like the pastors that I've been most influenced by. If I'm honest, the pastors that I've been most influenced by are a collection of old dead saints. And a handful, just a handful of moderates. So most of them are guys like, you know, Richard Baxter or, um, you know, Jonathan Edwards. The, there, there are you know, a number of Puritan pastors that, that I've, I've read and I'm like, wow, they, what they do resonates with me and what their, their ideology, their principles I think are good. Though, um, I don't want to hold those things as scripture, uh, because they're not scripture, but I like them and I learn from them. Uh, and, but then there's been a handful of guys, present day saints, and those guys, the one of the big takeaways for me is that the successful pastors and success does not have anything to do with the size of their church. I mean, faithful and fruitful. That's what I mean yeah. by successful. Yeah. So the faithful and fruitful pastors that I that I admire and I learn the most from are guys that are very focused on the local church, on their local church, and on helping their church think through issues in a biblical way without dumbing down things. To, to an overly simplistic level, but uh, so it, there's, there's warning, there's teaching, there's guiding, but there's also, I want to equip you to think through these things so that you can come to these conclusions as well. I don't want you to just take my view. Mm-hmm. I want you to come to the right conclusion based on a proper understanding of God and his word, but it's their, it's their focus on the most important things that I think has been the most encouraging to me. So it doesn't mean that they don't address uh, denominational politics yeah. or or politics in our government, but it means that their focus and their emphasis is on the ministry of the word and on theology experienced and applied and expressed. And I think, you know, we, we, otherwise we get, uh, kind of this, this deviation that you're talking about, right? We're going to get this deviation. And I, and I want to go back to that, Joe, I want to go back to what that deviation looks like and the result of which, uh, but first, uh, I want to thank Lagos. I want to thank Lagos for, uh, the way that they are blessing our listeners yeah. that uh, you right now can go to logos.com slash doc and Devo and you can get Logos eight basic for free. You can get it on your iPad. You can get it on your desktop. It's a great resource. Joe and I use it every single day. It's part of our, our normal uh, devotion time, our, our, you know, sermon study, or even for, well, for me weekly, uh, getting ready for community group or it's, discipleship group. It's easy to use even on your phone, man. Mm-hmm. I use it on my phone. It's crazy. It's so easy. And having that with you everywhere, your notes with you that you kind of have in there uh, so that when you're, when you're studying a text or you're discussing a text with a group of other, uh, with a group of believers, everything is synced together yep. right there. Really easy. Head on over to uh, logos.com slash doc and Devo. You know what's ironic? What's that? Is if you get Logos eight basic, you ain't basic no more. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's going to be their new slogan. You ain't basic. You ain't if basic. You start no with more. basic. No. <laughs> you ain't grab basic the no basic. More. You ain't basic no more. There it is. That'll be it. Hey Logos, you're welcome. You're welcome, Logos. <laughs> so Joe, when we're talking about deviation, when we're talking about where we see these ministries, kind of what's the danger in that? Then what's the danger of of Getting sidetracked, and I think one of them is uh, I think we begin to create assumptions uh, f- 
for the opposing party, right? Like yep. we begin to have an assumption of what they believe and who they are uh, and their motives behind what they believe and who yep. they are. And it kind of shows itself uh, in, you were talking about in that, that video where Al Mohler kind of stepped up upset. Yeah, he got he got pretty animated. Yeah. I mean... Uh, and Big Al don't get animated that he's often. He's a pretty reasoned, deliberate guy. Yeah. And he when chooses he, his words very carefully. Yeah, and, and I, I'm, I'm sure he did then as well, but boy, his arms were flailing <laughs> when he said, he said something like... So give us the context I of think, this. I think, if I remember correctly, uh, Phil Johnson was saying, Al, don't you think that it's true that leftist ideology is making inroads into the evangelical church. And this is after like coming back to this thing again and again. And, and Dr. Mueller says, Phil, you know me, you've known me for years. You know, I'm going to say yes, but I'm not going to address the problem the way that you are telling me to address it. I'm not going to make a commitment to you to do this in front of like 5,000 people here. It's mm -hmm. not, I'm not going to do it your way. I'm going to do it my way. And if you think that's a test for orthodoxy, then, then we got to let so it. Be it. it. Yeah. So I, and I, Which is funny to to ask Big Al that question when he led the resurgence back to the right. Yeah, and listen, and it's like, look, man, like he talks every day on the briefing. Like you know where Moeller stands on oh, this stuff. Every like, come day, on. listen that and his and listen and old Moeller is also guilty of this, right? In, in the briefing too. Come on, I, I, it's it feels like every other episode is something about homosexuality, right? It's, like, it, it, that's, it's, it's an it's, important it's, issue. It's, it's like, one that he brings up quite often. It's like always, always, all the time. <laughs> you know, he's like, man, the weather in New Jersey is coming down strong. Like the debate of homosexuality. Okay, first of all, he doesn't sound like Rush Limbaugh. And, no, no, and, he's and, a mix and, of the and two. And second, he's he doesn't talk about weather. He doesn't talk about weather. Why, oh, why would he talk about weather? That one I did. That, that yeah, one I did. that was a bad... Uh, let I me, Dr. Mueller, I could, I could we know that you're one. a faithful listener. Let me just apologize oh, yeah. <laughs> on behalf of Jimmy <laughs> for doing that terrible impression of you. No, that, that's his. That is definitely... You know what? That's, I, that's I'll work on my. I'll work on my impression of Dr. Mueller and uh, and I'll come back. But you know what I mean, though? People have their hobby horses. Yeah. And it's like, it's fine. And again, like the briefing, you can do that, right? You can you can pretty much... Because it's a briefing on cultural issues. So he can, he can address that stuff all day long and that's what he's supposed to do. I think the danger in riding a hobby horse and making it a, a, like a main part of your ministry of your church ministry for in spe more specifically is that you can wind up falsely binding the consciences of believers mm. right there are different strategies there's different ways to approach this stuff and so like i've never i've never pushed a particular political candidate uh from the pulpit I make fun of every candidate yeah. because uh, they're all corrupt. Equal yeah. opportunity. I do tend to think that they're all corrupt and yeah. untrustworthy by and large. Yeah, there's not really two parties. Come so, on, people, wake up. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I, I, but it's like when you start pushing really hard in, on one of these approaches, you 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 can wind up binding people's consciences so that they like, wow, but I'm you're you're convincing them that they're sinning if they're not doing it your way and i think that's very dangerous i'm yeah. uncomfortable with that even if i agree with you in your strategy um there are other people that are thinking differently in terms of strategy we might have the same you know we both like so all the christians that i'm friends with they think abortion is murder and they want it to end Correct. they want it they want abortion to be abolished now what are the best ways to go about that and there are different approaches and some sure are in fact better than others but there are different philosophy, different approaches, and I'm not going to bind a, a brother or sister's conscience to do it my way, and I'm not going to allow them to bind my conscience to tell me that I have to do it their way. Hmm. So, Joe, as the, I mean, there is, there's worry. Like, I, I do worry, right? As I see this 
this uh, this trend right within within our within the church within uh, I guess evangelicalism right um, I I fear about not a split I don't know that that to me seems pretty pretty far fetched uh, but I do think there's some damage being done yeah. uh, not just relationally and personally among uh, brothers and sisters in Christ. But I think it's going to be a deeper divide yeah. between us. Like it, it, So here, here's my take on it. And again, I, I could be wrong here. But when I see those that are pushing hard in the evangelical church, that are pushing hard in the social justice direction, I tend to find a lot of – I tend to find a lot more errors in their thinking theologically than I do on the, the more conservative side. Um, I think the errors on the conservative side are more uh, relational and have to do with approach. Um, like I'm, I'm very concerned with with uh, wild and rampant accusations of racism mm-hmm. uh, when there isn't racism. But I'm also very concerned on the other side of the dismissal that you know just talking about race is what promotes racism, or that. Um, or that racism isn't a problem today. Racism is definitely a problem today. We can have a debate on whether or not systemic racism exists, but um, there shouldn't be a debate on whether or not racism exists. Yeah. Right? Racism does exist, and and it exists in the church as well, and we have to find ways to, to properly deal with it, call it out, and we need to be sensitive to people who have experienced racism. And if people are... And at the same time, if people are, are saying, well, I've experienced racism um, when they haven't, then we need to help them rethink that, right? Not, you know, sometimes, like, so I frequently have, um, I, have I have some cop friends, and, uh, and we, ha- we, have, uh, we have a cop here at the church, at least one. Um, and so the cops that I know are awesome dudes. Like, yeah. they, they're great people. They, yep. they represent the city well. They represent the, the public well. They care for people. Love totally, the Lord. Yep. T- yeah, trustworthy, awesome dudes. And even, and even like non-Christian cops that I know. Like, I know some really solid dudes. But I've also met some really um, – I've met some, 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 not so, cops, some, yeah. some not so good cops. But here's the thing. I have, I have uh, minority friends who have experienced clear abuse of power from police. And I also have minority friends – who just experienced the cop on a bad day and they claim it's racism. Hmm. And it's like, well, okay. It, it doesn't mean that it's racism. Like most people are just jerks. They're not racists, but some people are racists yeah. and we got to be willing to call it out. And I don't think that that's always as easy to determine as people want to think. And so when I'm talking to my, my, my minority friends who have experiences that are so different from mine, I do a lot of listening and I try to understand and I try to be sympathetic um, without discounting it or trying to argue them away from what they have experienced. I try to understand it and point a, a, a better way to go. So mm-hmm. I, I I do think that what, what Phil says is right. It's not that there are two sides, that there are two teams. It's a complex issue that we need to think very carefully about, very biblically about, and the conversations – Man, the church should be having the best conversations. We yeah. we are brothers and sisters. While the whole country is like picking sides, and you know you got AOC versus Trump, right? People lining up with AOC, people lining up with Trump. It's like I don't line up behind either of those two people. Mm-hmm. But the church, we should have the best and most robust and fruitful conversations on this. And I don't think we are by and large. I think we're no, having I, a, it's I, a bunch of it's I, a bunch of yelling. Yeah, I think it's quite embarrassing. It's like I, like people that are anti social justice want to accuse social justice people of being like the world. But, uh, and, and and oftentimes that's the case, but oftentimes people that are on the anti-social justice side 
are behaving like the world in their approach in, in, in terms of, you know, further creating unnecessary division when there doesn't need to be instead of establishing unifying principles that I think are, are better. I don't know. I, and again, look, we're just talking here. We we're, you know, so I basically, when I say, Hey, we're just talking, that means, uh, you're not allowed to say anything negative about what we just said. It's my get out of jail free card. Um, no, like you, you guys can take issue with anything that we're saying yeah. here. Um, and if we're talking about a specific issue, I'm more than happy to talk about it. But the reason we don't go deep into those particular issues is because doctrine and devotion is set pretty squarely on experiential theology and on reformed baptist theology in particular mm-hmm. so we're not going to we're not going to do all, an episode on white guilt we're not going to do an episode on that stuff because it's not because we can't it's just because that's not our focus yeah and so it's not wrong for other people to have that focus but our concern is is when churches or even established ministries that have had a focus are shifting that a bit eh, like you said it could be a little discouraging if not confusing and what I fear is that uh, we are not promoting the kind of unity, not unity at all costs, not unity at the expense of truth, but we are we are working against the unity that we can have around good doctrine that allows for some differences as it relates to these secondary issues. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts. You can follow us online on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head to the website, DrVotion.com. There you can contact us. You can sign up for the email blast or hit up the store, JoFoStore.com, and grab some gear. Fresh pod every Monday and Thursday. Blog posts on Wednesdays. Video content on Fridays. Hey, Jimmy. Hey, Jimmy. Do we have any more of those Sip It, Don't Dip It t-shirts? Yep, we got some. If you don't have a Sip It, Don't Dip It t-shirt, Go buy. Even if even if you practice intinction, even if you like to dip the bread <laughs> in the juice or the wine, go which buy is, the which shirt. Nice, you should go buy that shirt. No, they're not. Why because, should because they? Because it's, it's, it's funny. It's a funny shirt. Yeah, but they can't. It's supposed do, to be a funny okay, shirt. But they can't take it and wear it. You know. I know a guy that does. I know a guy that wears it to his church, and they do they do intinction. You know what I want? I want uh, I want someone from Banner of Truth to wear a banter of truth. We should bring one. I'm for the guy one. at the booth. Oh, yeah, because, yeah, Banner Truth is going to be at our conference. So you want to head on to DoctrineVotion.com slash conference and register today. He's going to be there. You're right. Uh, Listen, I I can't say anything, but the Banner Truth may be giving away a book to all of our listeners, to all of our attenders. Yeah, well, no, they are. We could could say that. Can we say that? We can't say what book it is? We can't say what what, what book it is. Everybody that comes gets the collected works of John Owen. No, that's not true. Is that too much? That's that's not what it is? That's not true. That's not not the 16 volumes? Pat is going to be mad. Pat Daly is going to be mad. Pat. No, I thought, I thought we were giving away no, John Owen. Stop it. 16 volumes. Stop it. Everybody that comes. No, Register stop now. It. No, no. <laughs> no, stop it. But Pat, Pat, you're going to be getting a banter of uh, truth Oh, tea. yeah. All right. We'll, we'll ask you what size and uh, we'll bring it for you. What just I say, say? Just say later. Uh, just should, say later. I say the fresh pod? Yeah. Uh, I, whatever. Nobody okay. cares. They know. Everybody knows. Everybody knows.